Hey family, welcome back. Before we get started, I want to thank our friends at the Center for Self-Improvement, Holistic Wellness and Transformation. Let's hear what they have to offer. The Center for Self-Improvement, Holistic Wellness and Transformation is your one-stop shop to Wellville. Here at the Center, we believe in treating the whole person. This is why our goal is to help each of our clients to obtain optimal health and wellness through mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional alignment. For more information about the services that we provide, visit us at thecenterforselfimprovement.com or give us a call at 630-748-4849. The Center, where we believe in treating the whole you. So here's my confession. I have a big event coming up this Saturday, and I am super nervous about it. I will say this, the best part of the Melanated Queen Awards is that I have a plethora of people to donate, volunteer their time, and offer support so that this ceremony goes smooth and enjoyable for all. So when Dion Victoria of Dion Victoria Studios offered to paint and auction off an original piece live at the awards show, I was grateful and so very humble for her generosity. On today's show, I had an opportunity to chat with Dion and get to know the woman behind the paintbrush. Family, when I tell you I was taken back by her warm spirit, her advocacy for our youth, and her passion for teaching, words cannot express my love or respect for this queen. Just listen to the joy in Dion's laugh when she talks about her encounters with her students. Dion, you are a true melanated queen. Thank you for all that you do. Let's take a listen. Hey, queen, how are you? Hey, how you doing? I am good. I'm so excited to talk to you today. We have been planning this for some time. And by the time folks hear this, um, they'll be able to learn a little bit more about you and why you are so important uh, to the Melanated Queen Award. So tell us about you, who you are and what you do. Of course. So my name is Dion Victoria. I am an artist, a teacher. Um, I'm an advocate for business and entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, so I, I'm from Chicago. Uh, I've lived all over the city, worked all over the city, um, even lived in some of the suburbs at one point. And um, I really enjoy working with kids in whatever capacity that they uh, see themselves developing. I work, I work for the Arts Incubator. I also work for Sky Art, and then I work for my own company. And I do a few different things for each company, all of which are with the youth. Um, with Sky Art, I teach art, art integration, uh, basically science and art together, um, so that you know many learners can pick up the information a little easier. I also teach at the Arts Incubator, the U Chicago, University of Chicago Arts Incubator. Uh, I work with teens there, and it's called the Teen Arts Council. Uh, those kids are amazing because they have been developing um, art exhibitions and a fashion show. I work as their facilitator, so whatever logistics they need from the organization, I am their like, liaison. 
but they do a lot of the work and I support them in any way I can. Um, also learning uh, entrepreneurial skills around uh, being an artist, because that's really important in this day and age if you're going to survive as an artist. And then I work for my own company, developing an arts integration, science and arts integration program, which I am in three different schools, after school, as well as I run a summer camp out of the uh, Southside Community Arts Center. So uh, that's, a, that's a small piece of who I am. I'm also an artist, of course. I paint a lot of beautiful children, and I paint them as superheroes in a series called Heroes of Tomorrow. And then I am a new mother, so I'm developing new art because it's a new place in my life, of course. Um, so that has been showing up in my art as well. Wow, that's amazing. So you are, you have uh, several arms in different areas, though, but they all pretty much revolve around you empowering the community and our youth. Uh, tell us how that got started in you. Where, where, where were, what were your initial steps? What was your past life like? Have you always been an artist? Tell us some more about a little bit more about that. Well, to, <laughs> uh, to be honest, like uh, my past life, I was a warrior, princess. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, no, like I was talking to someone yesterday, a friend of mine about how when I came here, I thought I had a job to do. And when they told me that civil rights, the civil rights movement had happened and, you know, we got it good now, you know, of course that wasn't the truth, but <laughs> that's what people told me as a child. And I was like, well, wait, I came here for a fight. I don't understand now. I don't have any, now I don't have a purpose. My purpose is no longer <laughs> here to be served. Um, but the fight was always for, um, it was for my people. Like, the people who I loved and cared about, I, I always stood up for them. It shows up in my childhood in ways like I would never, I never got into fights for myself. <laughs> but if something happened to one of my friends, it was like, what are you doing? Leave my friends alone. You know, like I was very protective. And another thing I did um, as a kid and that sticks with me to this day is like, I thought I thought education was important. I used to make rosters for class. I used to play school in my free time. Like, what kid does that? Like, I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to play school, and I'm going to write up a roster of all my students, and I'm going to write up homework for them to do. These imaginary students. This wasn't, there weren't even, like, people playing with me, except my step-sister. But it was, like, 20 people in class. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like how I filled my spare time, as well as like legit building a community. We played town. We had all these like miniature houses and people in the town, and everybody supplied everything that the town needed. And that's how I played. Um, so when I got to be older, and these things started to show up again in my life, my love of starting businesses in the community that provide for people, my love of um, teaching. And my love of making art. I've been making art since I was a child as well. My dad, my I, my dad used to get in trouble. Um, me and my dad got in trouble with my mom because she would catch us drawing on the wall. And he's like, well, she's expressing herself. And my mom's like, well, she needs to express herself on paper. <laughs> 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 since I was a kid. 
and uh, it really has formed my adulthood and how I want to move about the earth and knowing I wanted to be an artist and knowing that I wasn't going to take a traditional path for employment. It was like, okay, well, what do people do when they don't take a traditional path? Most of the time they start businesses. So that's what I looked into doing. I started educating myself about that after undergrad. Um, I took lots of classes and online classes. I just wanted to know what do I have to do? <laughs> and then um, just making art has, that kind of melded with the business part, but then uh, it became important too that I'm not just like making money for me, but that I find a way to help other people make money. Or I also have to I have to leave something that's just not me making money. You know what I mean? Like uh, some kind of legacy. What legacy am I gonna leave behind? And that's when I started thinking about education. If you would have asked me like 10 years ago, are you going to be an educator? I'd be like, no, I don't know. Never. Um, but life happened and I realized the importance of educators and the importance of the um, creativity I had learned as a child that I wasn't seeing showing up in people's lives anymore. And the importance of just the, just the freedom to be a child. Like kids don't have that freedom as much anymore because of a lot of issues that I don't think I, I, if I start talking about that, we'll be here for too long. Uh, <laughs> that's that's like, okay. Kids don't have that. And for those reasons, the more I kind of work with kids, I realize, oh, I have to be an educator, but then I have to be a non-traditional educator because the way the public school system is set up right now, charter schools, public schools, and even some private schools, <laughs> it's just not set up for success. Yeah. So, I um I had to rethink my method of education because I felt that although there are there are some good schools in CPS don't I'm not going to pretend like there are not good schools there are some very good schools um but it, it's like not equitable because it's you have to find those schools and then not everybody has access to them right. so is that really if this is a public school system, right, then shouldn't it be equal planes all around? It's a public school. Everybody can go to this school. Everybody should be able to get the same education. But of course, that is not the case. And so um, with that in mind, like, that, that's why my biggest focus has been, has been on education and educating the community. So I want to go back to your earlier statement, how you were saying as a child, you knew that you wanted to advocate for your people. You kind of, you know, you were kind of told that, that the civil rights movement was over, but you felt like, you know, the, you felt the fire still in you. Tell mm -hmm. me a little bit more about that experience and how, how as a kid, you know, you saw the road because I'm, I'm so interested in that because I, I felt the same way, you know, as a young kid, but I couldn't quite explain it. Do you think that art was a way that you were able to express those feelings at the time? Or do you think that a lot of times we have a misconception that, you know, to, to advocate for our people means, you know, being out marching and doing all these extreme things, but sometimes it's, a, it is expression. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I, so my, I thought that when I was a kid, I thought that my fight was going to be, you know, a physical thing. Like I was going to be in the streets fighting, like whether that meant protesting or, you know, just being there, you know. 
Um, but I, I mean, I made lots of art, but I don't, I think just my, I felt like my parents left a lot of space for me to learn who and what I was. Um, and they did that by providing and making sure that my basic needs were met. So then I could, you know, think about other things. Um, and, and so I, I remember thinking like, oh, it's all, it's, it's all over. There's no fight. And I was really sad. But then as I was around the world and just children are very observant we see what's going on, you know, like from a very young age. Um, and I remember seeing racist things happen. And I'm, I remember recognizing prejudice around me. And I'm like, wait a second, this isn't actually over. I never understood the prison system. To this day, I don't understand it. As a child, I was like, that doesn't make sense. If we're trying to help people be better, then why would we take them away from normal society? that doesn't help them that to get better. Like that doesn't make sense to me. So all these things made me realize, oh, the fight is not over. And it's just, it just looks different. You know, the label, it, it looks different and it looks the same. It looks different in which the, the cover, the shape of it, the outside of it has changed. The label has, they just changed the label on that. That's what it is. They rebranded it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and made it something else that we don't recognize anymore. But it's the same thing, you know, mm. instead of a blue label, it's purple or orange. And so we're walking and like, oh no, racism is over, but it wasn't. And so um, once I realized that, I think I was a teen and I was making art and it, and it did become about um, how am I going to, express, uh, how am I going to express these feelings about these in, un, uh, unjust actions happening to my, to me and my people? Um, for example, I uh, had watched the movie Hotel Rwanda, and I mean, I know that's not about people in Chicago, but it's yeah. about Black people. I, I remember being so brokenhearted by that movie, just so brokenhearted, and I went and I was, this was my senior year in high school, and I went to school the next day, and I painted this picture, and I painted it in like, I don't know, like an hour and a half, two hours, I don't know how long it took, but it was, it's beautiful, my mom still has it, it was beautiful, it ended up like winning awards and stuff, and like, it was, it was um, a girl from Rwanda, and I had painted her in like a, like a motherly stance. She was hovering over these people. These small hands were reaching up to her, and they were blue for the for water for tears. And the paper had been stained brown, and with red, like violet brushstrokes on top of the brown. And then she was painted in black and white, like she was a historical figure. So anyway, mm. that painting was painted to get those, like I was crying while I was painting that picture. Wow. And yeah, and um, it was, it it definitely, art became my communication tool for the things that I thought were 
like all the full spectrum. A lot of times it was about the things that I thought were wrong, but sometimes it was about the things that I loved and cared about, you know. And moving forward a little bit as a curator, I noticed that, you know, we're still dealing with the same stuff to this day, which is so sad. Um, and I noticed that as an artist, I went to the Art Institute, um, School of the Art Institute in Chicago, downtown, prestigious, top of its top of the class of art schools, right? Mm-hmm. And to the modern wing of the museum. <clears throat> you hear the word modern, you think it's going to be relevant at least to the last, you know, 30 years or so. And I get in there and I see this beautiful art, all this beautiful art, and I look at the names and I'm like, okay, none of these paintings are, there's not a paint, I haven't seen a painting yet that is either with a black or brown person in it or is done by a black or brown person. Like literally, I'm looking at the names, looking at the paintings, I'm like, okay, these are nice and all, but like, I'd like to see somebody that looks like me. Uh, mind you, this is like, Ooh, at this point, it's probably about four years ago, three or four years ago. And I now I'm on a search. Where are the paintings that look like me? Where are the people that look like me? Like the artists who look like me. And I'm searching and I'm searching. And I come to this one painting, and it's really weird. It's a night shot of this young, these two young children, uh, probably about 13, 14. And uh, there's a girl, a black girl, and there's a little white boy. And the boy is like watching TV with his shirt off. And the girl is like trying to put her clothes on. And mind you, they look fairly young. And this looks like a very like, what is this? What is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the thing. That was, okay. So I'm like, all right. And it was very well painted. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really comfortable with this. But okay, for some reason it's here. I'm going to keep going. Looking for another black artists or artworks that include black people and the next thing I came upon was some wallpaper with black people on it that were hanging from mm-hmm. oh, well, like hung and this is wallpaper so it's all this repetition of black people being hung repetition repetition black people being hung and I'm like these are the repeta- re- uh, representations of black people in art and the modern wing of the School of the Artists of Chicago, which is supposed to be the most prestigious organization. You know, like, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Right. This is, this is y'all got for me? So from that, I was inspired to begin curating a show, the Black Love Matters exhibition. It happened twice a year, um, and it it's just artists, black artists, for the most part, there have been some non-black artists, but for the most part, it's black artists, and they're painting black people, and they're doing it beautifully. Um, and I've exhibited that show at the Joby Art Center, at the Southside Community Art Center, at the William Hill Gallery, and it's, it changes. Um, it's not the same show every time. Um, not the same artist every time. That's kind of what I've been doing on top of, you know, just making my own art and painting my people. I think um, that's one of the joys I have is like 
we are our skin tones are just absolutely beautiful and we have so many colors mm-hmm. in our skin tone. And so it's so fun for me to mix and to work towards getting as close to a person's skin tone as possible, a black person's skin tone, because there's so many beautiful colors that go into our tones and we don't even know it. You know? Absolutely. Um, one of the questions I want to ask you about, you know, on along the along the lines of what you were just talking about, when you're working with kids, and you know we know the history behind, you know, the social experiments with the white doll versus the black doll, and who kids choose, and who they want to play with, and how they view themselves, and colorism. What do? How do you see yourself in? modifying and bridging that gap and kind of, you know, creating that mindset with our kids in terms of when you're working with them and you're teaching them how to accept and love themselves and, and how to appreciate their own talents as young artists so that by the Mm -hmm. time they are old enough to go to school and they're at the art Institute, then maybe they can recognize what you recognize and understand that something's not quite right about it though. So tell us about that. Do, Do you have any words for that? What is that experience like for you when you're working with them? So it's a, it's different levels depending on the age group, of course. With my teens, it's pretty simple. It's just about having a conversation. And we, we like, do other practices, too, as far as, like, meditate and doing activities to, to build community and to really show each other our greatness. Like, we do activities where they um, have to speak positivity towards each other, whether it's in written words or with their mouths. They have to pick each other up right? And then um, they have to take some time to self-reflect and see things within themselves. So with my teens, it's really, it's really, it's a lot simpler for me because it's almost like working with adults on maturity levels and, you know, that, that's easy. I think with the younger children, it is a little difficult because they are um, not quite in the place where they can manage their emotions among other things you never know what's going on in their lives as far as at home like and I'm thinking about a specific school right now not all schools are like this but at this specific school one thing that I've noticed when I change the language about how we talk about each other's art like um last the last few classes I have been very intentional about speaking how beautiful their artwork is and how I appreciate how each piece is so different and how each piece represents them as a person. You know what I mean? Like I, I try to um, use that, like use certain language with them. And I notice when I do it, their attention is, they're more involved. Their attention is there. It's almost like they, that's what they've been craving this whole time. And if you just give it to them, some appreciation, some love, then they're, you know, they are willing and able to to be them best, their best selves. And, and then they turn around and, and actually see themselves as their best selves. And then they can learn to love that person, right? I think sometimes with certain age groups, they have a hard time um and that because they're they're they spend so much time being told what they're not or they're not good enough or they're not smart like even in classes where everything is going pretty smooth a lot of times educators and adults 
they can only see the negative. At this one school I go to, they, um, they're really, in my opinion, they're great kids. I think they're great, but there's always something they're getting in trouble for. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me because they're pretty good kids. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why are they in trouble again? I don't know. Um, I, I just do a lot of uh, positive enforcement with, like, positive things um, that they're doing. Um, yeah. Well, you also mentioned earlier that you're a part of an arts incubator. How important is it to have just a, that hub in the community for artists? Um, so the arts incubator is a really great space, actually, because they are, they are really receptive to their community members. Um, so anybody can go in and have a chat and let them know what they would be interested in doing in the space. And this is, this, you don't have to be an artist. You just come mm-hmm. in and check out this and see what, how you'd like to get involved. Um, but to be specific to artists, they do a lot of great work. Uh, for example, the, um, they have what's called Bins and Vibes every year. And it's a free event for uh, um, entrepreneurs and artists alike people who are, you know, creating things to sell, they can come and, and set up their wares and it's it's gotten pretty big. Um, a lot of people I know have participated in it. And it's, they just do a lot of um, advocating for organizations. Like there's an exhibition there now um, and it is for the, uh, some artists have, submitted memorial ideas for a memorial that's going to go up in reparations for as part of the reparations for the people who were tortured during the uh john berger era Mm -hmm. so that's that's there now and they just do so much like um advocating for the underrepresented like they did a show for that where it was all all the artwork was created by um, inmates who were serving life sentences. Like, you oh, wow. know what I mean? Like, it's, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So I want to learn more about Dion Victoria Studios. Tell us about your business. So my studio started in 2016. Um, I started it out of my apartment, actually. <laughs> and then... Um, it ended up moving to the Joby Art Center, which is on 35th and Morgan. And what I do there is it's a lot of, um, when I first opened it, I actually put out a picture, um, I'm sorry, a piece of paper on the wall. And it just said, what do you want to see in an art space? Like what types of things do you want to see? And people wrote what they wanted and I started from there. Like I, that's how I wanted the space to operate to serve the people that would actually be coming through. Um, so a few things that happen there are of course things like sip and paint, um, classes, art exhibitions. So um, artists who have never done a show, they can go through my program where I actually give them all the tools that they need to operate a show, they can do the show there. Um, 
And I really like to work with people. There is a fee, but like I said, I like to work with people on what they can afford to do. So that's one of the things, some of the things I do there, as well as it is a hub for organizing. I'm a part of an organization. Uh, I, I helped start an organization, the Sister Circles of the South Side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet all over the South Side, and that's one of the places that we meet in order to organize the various things that we would like to be involved in for the year, whether it's community service or self-care type activities, we plan them out. Um, uh, Starting this April, wait, no, this is April, I'm sorry. Starting in May, I will be running a artist entrepreneur program. It's um, a 10-week program where new artists come and learn tools and tricks of the business to be able to function as a business owner and try to generate income without having to uh, necessarily clock in every day, you know. And that also will be a collaboration between all of the artists involved because we're doing a show at the end of the week as well. So... That's another thing coming up soon. Um, one other thing that I do, that I'll be doing starting in May as well, is meditation once a month. Hmm. Um, yeah, just because there's a specific kind of artist that um, we show in the space. Uh, that's one of the criteria is that your art is welcoming to the healing process. Um, that when we do our healing work there, you know, it's not interrupted by the art. So um, that's kind of how it's moving towards a lot of self-love and healing with meditation. Um, We have a sister who's going to be doing um, healthy eating. And one of the things, uh, Dion Victoria Studios, I do a lot of different things there related to the arts, whether it's uh, working on my arts integration program or it's actually creating art on commission or it's um, developing something with another artist somehow, somewhat, right? But it's changing into what will soon become my community center, um, which people are invited to do work in the community with the focus of healing, right? I think, not I think, I know that my cells, my DNA, and my body remembers the pain of being Black 300 years ago in America, right? Um, I know it. I feel it because I, I feel it. I know it. So that must mean that there's some healing that needs to be done. And if that's the case, my work is that healing. So one of one of the things I would I'm working on right now is a community center that is focused on healing through all avenues. So all the people who work within that model of healing, those are the people that I would like to gravitate towards me so that we can build this community center um, 
that really, really focuses on healing. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I wanted to piggyback on and say is that I remember being at a workshop a few years ago. I was working for a nonprofit on the South Side. And I was at this workshop and there were coloring books in front of me and crayons. And I'm just thinking, okay, it's clearly going to be a part of our workshop. It's going to be part of a, like activity or something. Well, you know, we're sitting there half hour in, hour in, you know, the facilitator has not mentioned anything about these things. So I, I, I noticed now, like, it was a few years ago, I just didn't know any better, but I noticed that one of the participants had grabbed crayons and grabbed, you know, one of the pages from the coloring book and just started coloring. And somebody else started doing the same thing. And I was like, okay, this is, this is Lauren who doesn't know. I'm like, this is so disrespectful. Why are they using these materials without permission? They're not directed <laughs> to do that. What is going on? I didn't know. So I go back to the office and I'm, you know, sharing this story with my colleague and she's very much aware of why they were there. She said, Lauren, you do realize that coloring is very therapeutic. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah. It was there for a reason. It was there so they could be calm. It was there for the, for them to relax. It was there, it was there for them. And I was like, no, I yeah. didn't know that. Please explain this to me. So you know, this is this is before I met some of you know some sisters that I know now who's doing this work. But she was mm-hmm. the first person who made me understand, you know, how art and therapy is married. You know, and and I and I didn't get it. I just completely, I just didn't understand that. So she said, you know, there are adult coloring books. You know, and mm-hmm. just within within a few months from that conversation, that particular program, because we were a youth program, they incorporated art therapy. And those mm-hmm. kids who were a part of the art therapy program grew leaps and bounds. And I yeah. and of course I began to that then I understood. I mean, but before it was like I see crayons, I see a coloring book, this is going to be a part of our workshop, some kind of way they're gonna connect it. I don't know how. But, you know, it, it was it was a learning curve for me. And, of course, I felt mm-hmm. bad because I didn't, my ignorance, I didn't know. But, of course, now that I've, I've grown and I've been around, especially within a nonprofit sector, and that was when I kind of first started, you know, I understand it a lot more now. And I get it. But it's interesting because there, I've seen so many kids, they are, they, they're healing. As you speak about healing, they've healed mm-hmm. so much through art. And it's, it's such a huge, a huge thing that's happening. And I really can appreciate people like yourself who's, who's being a part of that. And, and you're teaching kids, you're working with kids. And just the idea of you bringing up, you know, the, the, the importance of healing in that. I, I totally get it now. So I just wanted to share that. I think, too, like, well, let me, I know I mentioned sipping paints earlier. Mm-hmm. Let me ask about that. Right? Yeah, let me reiterate the whole like healing thing that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times people come to my sip and paints and they expect what other sip and paints are, which is we drink a bunch of, a bunch of alcohol. You don't talk to us. You just tell us how to paint, and then we go about our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what my sip and paints are, and maybe I need to think of a new name for them. But um, they are. We actually meditate at the beginning of every sip and paint. Very short meditation, no more than like 10 minutes. And then we do introspective work. The theme is different, but we take some time to look within ourselves and find something. And then we paint it on a painting. Mm. And it's still a guided painting, right? But it's totally 
how you want to do it. Um, so for example, uh, the last class I did, they, we meditated at the beginning and it was a guided meditation where they were walked through the process of identifying um, a, a trait within themselves. And then once they identify that trait, they give it a color or they give it a shape or they do something, they assign it something, right? And then that trait was something with, that they should want to work on. Then they would have to imagine a trait that counter or balances the trait that they want to work on. You know what I mean? And then they were to paint a picture of that. So it was, um, I felt not only were they learning techniques, they learned painting techniques and they learned um, a lot of color theory because we talked about color and chocolate and things like that. But then they got to take some time to be introspective and take what was internal and make it an external thing on their painting, a re external representation mm. on this canvas of this thing that you could not see. And you may not even necessarily have the words for, but you made a painting out of it. So that was, um, that's kind of my sip and paste. They're not, uh, I, I remember uh, one time <laughs> I did a slip and paint. It was a goddess slip and paint. <laughs> the young women came in there and they were fully dressed with all the makeup and obviously ready for a party. And it was just like, oh, you guys are not clear on what you're walking into. <laughs> wow. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually worked out and we had a good time. Um, we had a great time because I was, I knew I had to be in a certain mindset knowing that they weren't clear on what they were walking in on. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. and, and I was going to ask you about that. I was wondering why do you think there has been such a influx in the interest in sipping paints? Is, is that something that, that maybe, you know, as a people we just discovered or is it just a new fad? What do you think that is? Um, it's been a thing for a little while. Um, I think it's more recently coming to the black community. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm seeing that more and more and people are knowing what I'm talking about more and more because I used to have to explain it a lot more and I don't. Um, I, I don't know what started it, but I think it's a, it's definitely like a fun little thing to do on the weekend with your friends, you know? Um, I, don't, I don't really know what got it started. I do know when I was, let's see, about five or six years ago, I remember working for a company that that was the first time I had started doing it. So um, I knew it was a thing then. And I was like, well, if, if you can do it, then <laughs> I can right. do it. And it, it transformed. I got uh, just doing sip and paste, you know, make, paint a pumpkin, you know. I, mm -hmm. I just kind of like, like uh, this isn't quite who I am in my practice, you know. So I had to switch it up a little bit and align it with myself. Well, we can't. We I I would be remiss if I did not mention just exactly how talented you are. You um, shared with me a portrait that you had painted of Jill Scott. I mean, phenomenal, beautiful, and and I, I can't describe. And I absolutely love black art. And to see that was just amazing to me. 
what are some of the other influences that you have when you decide to paint? You know, I know we, we talked about it a little bit though, but it, if you can think of anything that, that you could say that, is it something that, you know, like you're in a deep sleep and you wake up and you're like, oh, wow, I have this idea. Or do you see things out and about? So it's a combination of things. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's also, so it's a combination of things. First mm -hmm. and foremost, it's it's about me and the person I am in that moment, in that day. Um, so what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's going on with me? Like, so that that's the beginning of it. Um, and then it becomes, well, what's interesting? Or what do I have questions about? And I think about it a lot, or I read a book about it, or I see a show about it. And I start to sketch things out. Um, sometimes that's my inspiration. Oh, that might be a good thing to try. Let's try that. A lot of times it's inquiry. And then um, sometimes I'm inspired. Sometimes people just approach me and say, hey, I'm doing a show. Um, this is a theme. If you got something, great. If you don't, if you want to make something, that'd be cool. So sometimes I make something um, based on what a curator or some other organizer is asking for. Um, and then my, but my body of work, what I am driven to paint, I have, um, they're not really a series, but they're, they're from different aspects of me. So like my love of children and my love of the, the, the future of Black children and the, the future of the Black community, I think the, the uh, heroes of tomorrow. Um, which is children that I know, whether they're students or relatives, or even sometimes people approach me with their kids and say, paint my kid. Um, <laughs> and I just do a, a quick iPhone photo shoot. <laughs> uh, I tell them, yo, go get something from your bedroom that uh, if, you, if you were a superhero, this is what you wear. So uh, one little girl, I love her, the way hers turned out, she got a, um, she had like a Hello Kitty uh, bicycle helmet. <laughs> so she put that on and I think she had like a towel that she tied around her neck for her cape. It was just too, oh, and she had a, a Frisbee as her weapon. It was just super cute. And um, so I then take that, take those images and turn them into paintings. Uh, and they, they just turned out really nice. Then I, paint for therapy for myself. So I've been painting mandalas for years. Um, they are very much so paintings for myself. Um, so I don't, I don't paint them with like the intention of even pricing them. Sometimes people approach me to buy them, but I'm, I'm not ready to sell them yet. So they don't really have a price, <laughs> but they are for my healing, my personal healing um this recent bout of creating them came after giving birth and just i didn't realize how much of a toll it takes on you like to give as much as you do to another human and to never or i felt like i don't think it's true now but at the time i felt like well you can never have an off day you have to always be 100 percent, and it was a lot that was a lot and um feeling like my body betrayed me you know like all these different things <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. going through 
And to heal, I started these mandala paintings that include the human figure. And the figure was supposed to represent me and parts of my body. And I would put like uh, a heart or a peace sign or something else that represents uh, good vibes and, and, and positive energy on parts of the body in order to um, um, inspire healing within myself. And, and I think within starting that, my body has changed and felt so much better. It was actually healing for me. And I've changed and I have felt so much better from doing those as well. And um, the other pieces, I, um, they're kind of my abstract pieces. They're for play, really. Um, I'm playing around with a lot of thought. Uh, to try, let me, I could try to explain them. But I'll explain the painting first and then I'll explain the thought. Um, the paintings are abstract landscapes and they're vibrant colors and within the landscapes it's almost it almost kind of looks like layers of dirt that are different colors or like layers of sand that are different colors or something like that and they're all like mountainy layers so and it, within each layer is a different pattern so the idea was that within the um, abstract landscape there are different uh, there's different areas of land that are separated by borders whether the borders are ocean or man-made borders and then within each layer or landscape there's a different group of people that live there and that's what the patterns represent the people that are present there. and so what I was thinking with all of this is that first and foremost i'm like I, I love science i love it and so one of the things i was thinking about is the super continent or pangea right um the theory behind uh like evolution or um how we got the continents that we have today is that at one point we had this one super continent every continent was connected but because we have um, plates under the surface of the earth, uh, and these plates would move, these tectonic plates would move, and the continents like broke up and started to drift away. There are there's a lot of evidence for it. It's mountains that align if you fit all the pieces back together, as well as if you look at Africa, um, that little dip inside Africa, you can actually fit South America into it. So there's these theories, and also the fact that um, continent, the continents are still drifting a few centimeters each year. So keeping that in mind, and like, okay, people are separated by land, and and people, uh, and land is separated by people. So here we have this supercontinent, people being separated by land, and now we have these people um, inhabiting all these different spaces and coming up with similar ideas, and then creating separations within the land that has been separated, uh, that has once separated the people. So I know this is for me kind of vague and <laughs> kind of all over the place. No, but it's, good. It's, it's one of my like fun little things to think about, not really related to, it's semi-related to, to the world today, but really it's just 
science and theory and art just playing around with color and separation and all that good stuff. <laughs> and so I, I want to, because you, you mentioned this term a couple of times, how, how and why is it important that kids and children see themselves as superheroes? Mm. Um, I think they get so much negative uh, feedback for their um for their, for who they are, right? For being like, oh, I remember being a kid and being like, well, dang, I got, I'm black and I'm a girl. This life's gonna suck. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, society does not treat black people very well, nor does society treat women very well. So I, I remember thinking that as a kid and being like, I didn't, this isn't fair. I didn't choose this. I just kind of ended up like this. Well, why can't? So, I get, and you know, we get all these messages. At the time when I first started this, you, I, I, I had just stopped watching the news because I can't, I couldn't deal with the violence I would always see and the pain and the suffering and the anger. And I, I'm an empath and I just absorb that. And then I'm mm-hmm. feeling that way. So I was just like, you know what? I don't, I, I'm going to just manage that a little better, you know? And so seeing those things on the news and hearing how people talked about their students, seeing how um, how people talk about their kids, like, I just felt like it was really important for children to see how beautiful and how great they were. Because it wasn't just about the painting itself. I then, every time that I had one of their paintings in a museum or in a, a, an establishment or in a cultural center, or if someone purchased it, like I took pictures and I sent it like, yo, people love you. They love your face. They mm-hmm. want to see you. Like, you are important. You matter. I sent it to the parents. I reminded the kid every time I thought, like, I, it was really important that they knew that the world wants to see them. Um, so that's that's kind of why why it's really important that they see themselves as superheroes because they're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. These kids are man, these kids are so smart. I, I swear every time I, every time I'm in a class with these kids, I learn something else. And it doesn't matter what group I'm with or what what their background is, I learn something about every kid I work with. Um, or learn something from them, rather. I remember uh, recently I asked a class, and I forgot how this came up, but I asked, well, what will take forever? And one of the kids says, well, counting to infinity. And I'm like, duh. (laughs) 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 That would take forever. (laughs) It absolutely would. They're really witty and intelligent and beautiful and smart kids, and they need to know that. They need to hear it. They need to see it. And whatever opportunity I have to to be that for them, I'll take it. Well, you know, I I absolutely admire everything that you're doing. Um, as a mother myself, I've always, you know, I really do appreciate when I know that people are actually taking time and they're working with, especially our children. They're encouraging them. They're empowering them. 
you are a, a excellent talent yourself. And so I definitely want to know if your work is available to people. Is that something that, you know, our audience can look into? Do you have a website where people can check out your work and order a piece or like, how does that work? Yeah. So my work can be found at my website, um, www.dionvictoria.com. It's a D I O N N E V I C T O R I A.com. It's just my name, Dion Victoria. And um, our work can be viewed there. I can also be emailed at the Dion Victoria at gmail.com. But if you are not sure about that, you can contact me through the website as well. And I'm on Instagram where you can just follow me and find out about little things that I'm doing, whether it's making art or I'm at an organization doing something in the community. And that is the Dion Victoria. I'm also on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Instagram. I'm also on Facebook uh, at uh, you can find me at CGM Victoria there as well. Okay. And for art, it would just be about an inquiry. Uh, custom work, of course, is a it, it, it will have to be a consultation for that, but if there's something you see online, asking about it would be just fine. So, in a few days, we will have a chance to, those of us who will be there and who will have tickets, we'll have a chance to experience what it's like to be in your presence at the Melanated Queen Awards. Can you give us a little hint of what we can expect? <laughs> well, first off, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Because uh, this painting has been sitting in my head since we had the initial conversation. <laughs> yes. But, um, so the painting, uh, won't, it will last about two hours for me to paint it, and you'll see me paint from no paint to all paint. And uh, yeah, I don't want to give away too much, it's, but it is celebrating melanated, queen, melanated queens. So that is, yeah, something I'm super excited about. All right. Well, I, I put it out today. I was like, listen, folks, bring your credit cards. Don't, don't <laughs> slip. Don't slip and don't sleep on this opportunity. Bring the cards, bring the cash, get ready. Um, also, uh -huh. It's important not to slip on this opportunity because um, it, people don't know this, but I'm going to tell you, art is an investment. It is an investment. What you do as a collector of art, you get it while you can get it for cheap. You, you you support the artist as far as sharing what they're doing and telling your friends about them. And if that artist is working hard on trying to achieve, you know, that goal, over time, you'll be able to sell that painting for mostly double what you bought, at least. Like, it's an investment to buy art. And I'm not saying that so people can buy my art. I'm saying that to educate the community. If you buy, let's say you buy a $3,000 painting. If your house goes up in flames, you get a check for $3,000, of course, if you have insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So these are things to consider. Art isn't just about putting a pretty picture on the wall. I mean, of course you want it to look nice and to go with your decor, but it's also about supporting um, an industry so that you have an investment, so that you, you, this is something you can pass down to your kids 
someone gave me a painting and I took it to the shop and they told me how much it was worth and I clutched my pearls. <laughs> Just like realistically uh, out there, I'm being real honest, invest in art, invest in artists because that's something you can pass down to your kids. That's amazing. And, and I can really appreciate that. My, my husband is a sketch artist and my son is learning. And mm-hmm. it's, it's in many ways, I envy them because I don't have that talent. I'm like, I wish I could do something like that. But I mean, it's beautiful. And, and that's, you're, you're offering a perspective that I had never considered before. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Of course. So we know how to reach you now. We know how to find you online. We know your website. And we look forward to seeing you at the Melinda Queen Awards. What can you share with us that would keep us encouraged? Oh, man. You know, it's really important um, every day that you take an opportunity to be that person you were when you were a child. Um, What I mean by that is there are things that you loved. There are things that you, you could do all day hours and hours and hours they would call you down for dinner and you'd be like skip dinner this is what I'm doing with my life whether it was painting a picture whether it was playing bank or hospital or house whatever you did however you played as a child that is who you are and that is your purpose that's why you came here it's important that you live your purpose and you do the things that you came to do so that the universe can bless you because that's what your, the universe is here to provide so that you are able to accomplish the goals that you came to do. So whatever it was when you were a child, whatever you loved and you were passionate about, that's what you came to do. And I promise you, the universe will survive because that, why would the universe want us to fail? It does not just want us to succeed. So live your passion, live your truth, and love your life. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, There is so much truth to that. And I can appreciate every bit of that. I received that. And I hope our audience can appreciate that as well. I thank you, sis, for coming on and and sharing with us and blessing us with your presence. I've learned so much about what you do and what's going on. I'm in the city of Chicago. I didn't know about some of these efforts. And I think you are amazing. You are absolutely a melanated queen. And I want to thank you for just being a part of everything we have going on and just doing what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for including. Yes, absolutely. I was just, you know, excited to talk to you and I'm happy to have you on the show because, you know, I'm looking forward to to personally meeting you. We've, We've had a few conversations, but personally meeting you next week. And so by the time, you know, people hear this, you know, we'll be gearing up for the award show to take place. Um, uh, in a few days and so th- this will be a great thing and I look forward to working with you again in the future and so I just want to encourage everybody to go check out the website go follow Dion on all of her social media handles Instagram Facebook check out the website take a look at the art and if you are in town and you got your ticket make sure you are prepared to place your bid because she is going to be putting in some work I can't wait to see what she has in store for us so until next time we will talk to you soon Take care. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the Confessions of a Melanated Queen podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us five stars and a review. I appreciate all of your love and support. I look forward to chatting with you next week.